Howdy. Welcome back to the Better Living for Texans podcast. After taking a short break in May, I'm excited to be back to sharing some awesome food and nutrition and physical activity information with our listeners. Starting this month, we are shaking things up on the podcast a little bit. In the past, we have released podcast episodes in season bundles, but now we are going to be be releasing podcast episodes on the first and third Wednesday of the month. So mark your calendars for those days or even easier, just follow or subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. Now let's get to the good stuff. June 7th, just a few days away, is World Food Safety Day. In 2018, the United Nations proclaimed June 7th to be World Food Safety Day with the intent to raise awareness that access to healthy and safe food is everyone's right. Food safety is a focus area for the Better Living for Texans, BLT, program. So to celebrate this holiday, we are sharing some excellent food safety tips on the podcast today. Joining me on this episode is Rebecca Dittmar, a specialist for AgriLife Extension's Food Safety Education Program. Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for being here on the podcast today. Before we get started, will you introduce yourself and describe your role with AgriLife Extension? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to to talking with you all a little bit this afternoon. Um, As you said, I'm Rebecca Dittmar. I'm a program specialist for the Food Safety Education Program. I've been in this role for almost 16 years and uh, just real passionate about food safety, food safety education, both for retail and consumers, and uh, just look forward to the opportunity to working with y'all. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you here on the podcast today. Uh, the Today's episode is inspired by the fact that World Food Safety Day is coming up um, just around the corner on June 7th. So you were kind of like the perfect guest to have on. <laughs> well, thank um, you. <laughs> and as you know, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to food safety. Um, but today we're going to go over just some common questions that people have related to storing and using foods in the fridge and pantry. So uh, my first good, question good for topic. you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it is good. Um, my first question for you is Why should people care about storing food properly or what are the benefits to properly storing foods in your fridge and pantry? Well, your first question was why? And I would think uh, the easy answer to that would be to avoid what we call foodborne illness or food poisoning is a common term or the stomach bug, if you will. Um, Obviously, I feel like everyone wants to eat safe food. We don't want to get our friends, our families, our kids, our parents our loved ones sick. So I think just uh, from the why perspective, I really think that that's why we need to pay close attention to these things and talk about proper storage techniques and um, temperatures and, and things like that. Because obviously that's that's our end goal is to avoid that foodborne illness because it, it does happen. It is common. Mm-hmm. I'm sure y'all are all familiar with the statistics. <laughs> but 
just the the easy one is CDC, so Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. You know, they estimate one in six Americans will get a, a foodborne illness this year. So it does happen. It's very common, and it is something that's preventable. So we need to do our best um, to try to educate people on how to properly handle and store their foods. Yeah, for sure. I think one in six, there's six people in my family. So that means one of us is going to get a foodborne illness every year. When I do educational programs, I do count the people in the room and give them that, that ratio. And it really kind of hits home. And I always tell them, do we want to start a group chat or an email thread? And <laughs> so we tell each other at midnight or text each other at midnight and say, hey, I'm the one that came down with it. It really yeah. is just something that hit, hits home when you think about it in that context, how closely it can, can mm-hmm. hit home. Yeah, that's a good visualization just to picture it that way. Um, any other benefits uh, to storing uh, foods in the properly in the? I would say fridge? quality. I mean, obviously, if you store things oh, yeah. appropriately, you're going to get a, a higher quality product, and, and we'll go into that in a little bit, a little bit later, I think, with some of our other questions. But, but quality um, and helping avoid food waste. We know food waste is a major concern uh, right now as well. So I think those are some added benefits as well. Oh yeah, definitely quality and food waste. Um, I mean, I think I don't know if there's anyone in the entire country who hasn't wasted something in the back of the fridge or in their pantry just because it spoils before they can get to it. Um, yeah, I know I sure have. Um, okay, so I think so. The uh, the other question or another question I have for you is one that I also I think everyone at some point in their life have had this question and it's are the foods in your fridge and pantry safe to eat if they have gone um, past their use by or best by date good question good good question and honestly there's there's a variety of date marks or date stamps um you'll hear those two two terms or, or just used by best by dates um there's a lot of a lot of different dates out there. So I think understanding what those dates mean and being able to educate people on that's going to be really important um, from an educator perspective. Just being familiar with those common terms and, and really what they mean. Um, you know, used by, that's a very common one. That was the first one you said, used by. Traditionally, this is the last date um, a food should be eaten or consumed to get its best quality. Okay, so that doesn't necessarily mean it's a safety issue, it's a quality issue. Now this, keep in mind, this is considering that the food has been handled and stored appropriately, right? So obviously yeah. if it's been temperature abused, mishandled, something may happen before this date even occurs. But traditionally this is more of a quality issue. Um, so keep that in mind. Your expiration date, now that is a date that the, the last day the food should be consumed um, safely. So we really wanna pay attention to that one. The sell-by date, that's a very common one as well. Um, this is the last day the food should be sold. So this is typically for like at the retail level. Food items can traditionally or typically be consumed after this date if held appropriately, okay, and stored properly. There's also another one is a best buy or a best if used by. Once again, this is going to be a quality issue. So there's a few exceptions to that. Um, 
you know, eggs, that's a common question we get as well. Um, eggs have an expiration date, date stamp on the carton. And um, that, that primarily relates to the egg quality and to the egg grade mm-hmm. um, of that egg. And so eggs can be safely consumed after that date. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of estimated three to five weeks post that date is, is really about the, the furthest you want to go out. But just knowing those eggs, if they've been held appropriately, are going to be safe to consume after that expiration date on the carton. Uh, infant formula, that's one we want to make sure we're paying attention to. It's got the use by date. Definitely stick to that as well. I would not consume that or do not recommend consuming that after that date on infant formula. And the other one I want to talk about is um, prepared produce, so your, your bagged produce. That's a very common thing nowadays. It's very um, easy for people, makes convenient, if you will. And um, prepared produce that's ready to eat should not be eaten or consumed past the date stamped on its on its um, package. So I just wanted to, as it related to, to date stamps or date marks, I wanted to, to bring those couple of exceptions out and make sure we were aware of that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that, so, I mean, it can definitely be confusing for people who, who have very little uh, background in food safety. It, it, it can be. And, and I think that that is something, especially from the food waste perspective, we really need to encourage people. And I know you have a question further down on on storage techniques and, and rotation, but really paying attention to those dates will help, um, one, ensure a safe and quality product, but avoiding, avoiding um, having to discard those foods after those dates as well. Yeah, that's great advice. You just kind of, and I think you can never be too careful, right? I mean, no. I, I'm sure you've told plenty of people the my when famous, in doubt, throw it out. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say my favorite saying, when in doubt, throw it out. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of you alluded to this next question about, um, or I wanted to ask if it matters where you're people store certain foods in the fridge and pantry like a refrigerator will have those bins that sometimes they'll even say like fruit and vegetables or they'll say meat how important important is it to put things in the right places very good question and I've often thought I really need to go to work for Maytag or <laughs> Kenmore <laughs> or GE one of these big <laughs> companies because um you know, especially if they have those meat meat bins and, and produce bins at the bottom and know where to properly store your meat products. I think, um, honestly, Hannah, at the end of the day, we need to be thinking about uh, cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. And when we think about storage in the refrigerator, we need to make sure that, um, you know, if, if those bins are at the bottom, as they traditionally are, they're on the lower lower end of that, that refrigeration unit, we want to make sure that, that how we store our raw foods is safe. Okay, if, if we are going to put fresh fruits and vegetables, ready to eat foods down there, um, as it does indicate, possibly due to quality, freshness, crispness, um, humidity control and, and all those drawers, we want to make sure that whatever we're placing on top of that um, is in some sort of sealed container, maybe a baking type dish with sides, something to avoid or to prevent, excuse me, those juices from possibly getting dripping out, um, running over the edge. 
and, and really just paying attention to that. And, and I think separating uh, these meat products from your ready-to-eat produce, your ready-to-eat food items, your prepackaged, pre-processed foods is going to be really important. So keeping those separate, I mean, ideally separate shelves. I mean, any time you can put that space, that physical barrier between a food item, a, a raw food item and a ready-to-eat food item is going to be very important. In an ideal situation, you would want to put all your ready-to-eat um, produce, vegetables, things like that up top, your fruits, uh, ready-to-eat food items. You'd want to place those above raw product. Anything that you still need to cook, ideally you would want to place below below that. And if, if in fact, you're able to and, and you have the, the ability, the space, um, what we talk about in retail, you want to store it based on cooking temperatures, but that's very difficult mm-hmm. in the consumer setting and, and those types of refrigerators. Oftentimes, we're very limited to the number of shelves you have, the space you have. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that, my best recommendation is all of your, you know, as I've mentioned before, your whole uncut produce, cut produce, cut vegetables, um, fruits, Anything that you can consume as it is, is what we call a ready-to-eat food item. You'd want to place on the top, on the highest shelf you can, because that's the only way you're really going to ensure that nothing drips on top of it during moving, shifting in there, uh, maybe, you know, moving food items around to get, you know, condiments or sodas or or whatever else is in there. But oftentimes, especially with multiple people Mm -hmm. in the house, there's things that are going to shift. People are going to move items. So if you can kind of have some generic guidelines in place for your house, that would be a, a very good recommendation, in my opinion, is barrier yeah. tight, tight fitting lids, um, lipped or edged um, baking containers, dishes of some sort that have that that lip or that high edge to pre- prevent any of those juices um, from contaminating and touching other products and storing products by type. Keep all your pork products together, your chicken products mm-hmm. together. All of those have different cooking temperatures. So if if you mix those all together in a single dish, you are at a risk of cross-contamination and a potential, mm-hmm. if you don't cook those foods appropriately, for some cross-contamination and, and potential for foodborne illness. Oh, that's really, I mean, that's some great advice. I mean, it seems like when it comes to storing things properly in the right places, like you said, um, or mentioned it's all about cross-contamination and um you know sometimes I'll ask my husband to you know take a chicken breast out of the freezer uh, put it in like a Ziploc bag and let it thaw in the fridge and I'll get home and it's like at the top on the top shelf and I'm like oh no what if it starts dripping (laughs) and you uh, just never know I mean and, and you know you just don't you don't think about those things all the time and a lot of these behaviors are not intentional to cause harm. Um, right. Obviously, he would not intentionally want to get <laughs> all chicken juices because we've all touched that. It's yeah. sticky. It's slimy. It's mm-hmm. not visually appealing. Um, and so I really just think making sure you understand the risk and ways to prevent that. And so I really just thinking, and for those that don't know, we keep using that term cross-contamination. So that's basically... Mm-hmm germs from one food item to another food item or or pathogens is what we often refer to those as but in layman's terms just a a germ so you're cross-contaminating from one food to another food or a food surface to another food surface 
thanks for yeah thanks for defining that um yeah of course you don't want uh, those chicken juices on your salad or um you know your eggs and your you know other fresh produce or whatnot um mixing up together right um well thank you that was some great advice um I do I have another question and maybe this one isn't I don't think this question is necessarily a common one people have. Maybe it is, but it's a good one to know. And um, I wanted to ask you, what does it mean when people say first in, first out uh, in terms of storage? Good old FIFO is what we say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people I always think of a dog when I when I hear that oh, term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> first like Fido. Fido, yeah. First in, first out. So if you think about it, that is a, a, a common term used in like stock rotation. Um, and so really the principle behind that is, is you want to use your earliest expiration dates or your earliest dates first. So I'll give you an example. You go to the grocery store and we're going to use just the dry pantry or our kitchen cabinet, for example. And and let's take tomato products, okay? We went and bought some tomato paste, cut diced tomatoes, saw something like that. You would want to, to bring those items home. You would want to make sure whatever you currently have in the pantry, you pull that forward and place these newer items in the back, okay? So it's first in, first out. So you're using the earliest expiration date first. And what that is hopefully going to ensure is one that you have in-date products, high-quality products, and safe products, and and you're not going to leave something in the back. How many have you have you know taken the spring cleaning day to kind of go through your pantry or your refrigerator, and you know you find that that old can of uh, <laughs> you know, pumpkin pie filling that we forgot to use <laughs> last Thanksgiving, and you know it's two years out of out of date or or something like mm-hmm. that. So really. I think a good cleaning or a, a clean out rotation yearly is very beneficial um, to, to go through your, your pantries more frequent than that, obviously on the refrigerator, I would say at most monthly on that. Um, but definitely what you want to do is make sure you are bringing those items to the front before you're not just stacking the new stuff that you bought at the local supermarket that day, right in front. All you're doing is pushing those other can canned goods back therefore you're not going to use those older dates first yeah, i think it's such a i mean it doesn't take a long time to do that but it's um so helpful to uh, uh you know like you said preserving quality and making sure that you're not wasting food because it's definitely easy to just pull your groceries out of the bags and <laughs> put them right in front of everything else right. you already got and i'm trying to teach my kids how to how to help, you know, put up things when we come home from the grocery store. And that's inevitably what they do. They find whatever that yeah. product is and they just place it right in front of the other can. And so I'm really having to try to educate them on, on why we do that. And I think if we can slowly get ourselves into this habit, this first in, first out habit, um, hopefully over time that will just become your behavior and you'll always be using the most recent products first and hopefully never have a, a date issue, if you will. Yeah, and you're saving money by not having to throw things away, which is always a plus, I think, in most people's book. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this really fabulous information. Uh, where um, where do you 
uh, encourage people to go if they are looking to learn more about food safety? Okay, um, definitely. Well, you can you can head over to our website at foodsafety.tamu.edu. We have a lot of resources available, fact sheets, videos um, that individuals can use uh, for other information. Highly encourage uh, people to to visit the Centers for Disease Control or the USDA. You always want to make sure that you are visiting reputable websites and just making sure that that information is credible. And that is where we get our consumer-based information from. And uh, so I think I think those sites are going to be a really good benefit for people. Or contacting your local county extension office and, and reaching out to, to those individuals there uh, for, for extra information. Um, if there's anyone out there that needs certifications or food handlers or food certified food managers um, that's another area that extension can help out and contacting your local local county agents or visiting on our website as well you can obtain a food handlers card online and that's a retail certification program required for all food service employees in texas and so just another avenue for food safety education Absolutely. And a lot of what we've talked about are in those courses. So people have a leg up if they've listened to this episode. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Nope. Just like you said, when in doubt, throw it out. And I'm here as a resource. If anyone wants to reach out to me directly, feel free to. I'm always available and willing to, to talk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. We will call that a wrap then for today. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For more great tips, check us out on facebook.com slash better living for Texans and on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.